0: This is Out of Bounds.
1: The internet, it's going to allow us to have an Out of Bounds episode. I was so worried a few hours ago we wouldn't get to have an episode. Victory Monday, right, John? Right? Right? Maybe? (sighs) Maybe?
0: This is out of bounds. That's me, O'Brien. I'm John Alba. And this is gonna be an all-timer. We're back after a week off. Hope everyone had a good Labor Day last weekend. <laughs> Someone tell hey. something
1: tells me you are ready for our oh, opening toast. You're not gonna waste any any ado. We're less than a minute in.
0: Yeah. You, you yeah. need an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, first off, you know the deal. KYN dot com. Head on over there. It's being really slow to pull up the graphic because it knows that it's cursed. I don't know why it's not showing up. I can see the graphic,
1: John. You're good. Okay. It
0: showed up, KYNchat.com. You know where to go. Or you just leave that super chat in on YouTube if you're watching. That's how you get your comment read on air because you're going to want them read on air today because we are a little unhinged. It is week one, the, fl- the last game of week one of the NFL season tonight. Between Maybe, possibly.
1: And- Apparently there's and- weather.
0: Yeah, Depending on how things go. Great seeing everyone there. Mia, opening toast. Get, give me some toast here. Give me some serenity before the chaos. Hold on.
1: First, I'm tweeting out um, John Alba out apparently may physically and metaphorically lose his mind. Tune in. That's right. Leave yes. comments. KYN certainly, chats.
0: Certainly, certainly tune in because this is going to be a big one. Leave those super chats on YouTube. We want to read them. Just give me something to toast to me. I, I can't even drink news. alcohol tonight. I've got artisan water to help keep me oh calm. Oh my
1: God. Through. You're drinking water? <laughs>
0: gigantic fiji water i
1: mean well so we can toast to uh i'm at the 7 p.m line and it's okay. only 6 p.m good. so there's good, good, that good. um i do have some good news okay um that i did just receive the closing information on the home that i am going to be purchasing
0: congratulations that's thank great you to hear. so we right get you. cheers, to, cheers that. to that that that's good news mm-hmm.
1: yes because mm-hmm. i the reason mm-hmm. i didn't really want people knowing was because uh-huh. uh the, those lenders they scare you sometimes. You kind of get the I paperwork know. now, and I'm like, "But I have the money." Know, and, and then when you get a, when you score a pretty good deal and you, you get a house a lot cheaper than it was listed for, you're like, "Oh no, are Great. they going to tell me no?" But we're well, good.
0: Congratulations, we're uh, out looks here. Like, looks Moving like you're out. in Jacksonville for the long haul, there, Mia. Uh, it's good to an hear.
1: investment, but well, we'll see. It's nice. Or it's an investment. It's a,
0: we'll find out, I we'll suppose. Find out. It's
1: either, either either way, it's a win. So uh, and the Jags got a win. Uh, So that obviously was good for my, my mental health because uh, I've never experienced the Sunday scaries more until I started working in sports talk radio and had Mm -hmm. to go into work after wins or excuse me, after losses. Although after a win has also been kind of difficult of late because even though this team is historically bad, they're they're, they're, Now they think they can criticize if they don't, the fans think they can criticize if they don't score 50 points, which is crazy.
0: That's the point because your team did not get a win. That's progress. That's progress. Okay. So, Let's let's turn back the clocks to Saturday. Actually technically Friday night. Okay. Friday night rolls around. I have learned that the planned Bruce Springsteen show that I was supposed to attend in Baltimore is canceled because Bruce is dealing with peptic ulcer disease. We're sending him the best. Okay. So is that
1: the- similar to your issues? Yeah,
0: it's it's it you know that Bruce and I are truly cut from the same cloth because we both have chronic acid reflux. Anyway, anyway.
1: So your show gets canceled, that's straightforward. Your show one. gets
0: canceled, all of a sudden my Saturday is wide open. And I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? And it hits me. I say, wait a minute, tomorrow is Old Timers Day at Yankees Stadium, and they are honoring the 1998 Yankees. You can see them behind me. The 98 Yankees are the reason I became a sportscaster in the first place. I'm like, you know, this will be great. They're not doing the Old Timers game anymore, which is dumb because I love the Old Timers game, but they're, they're having them... Do their little intros, and they did a Q and A, all that good stuff. I'm like, let me go try to find some tickets. So I, I find tickets using some promo codes for some other podcasts. I have I buy one dollar fifty cent ticket to Oldtimers so Day and a good the, wait,
1: wait, wait, and you could stay for the game,
0: For the whole game, whole game, a dollar fifty cents. Okay, are they because... easy.
1: like I know. Things can't be that bad. Well Bronx. no,
0: they're pretty bad. And then plus I've got some good hookups with my podcast. So that I'm like I'm feeling good. So I'm like, all right, $1.50 for old timers day. Gonna do it. So what happens, Mia? I go to old timers day. Look at that. Where look at that great, great seat, right? I'm smiling. Yep. Things things look good. Uh they honor the ninety eight Yankees. Derek Jeter, yeah, Jeets makes his return to Yankee Stadium. Everyone's going nuts. The core four are there. David Wells goes on a rant about woke culture.
1: Oh, I was going to ask if that's the reason they can't play the game anymore, but that's besides the point.
0: it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect. So, John Alba's very happy right there. Look at that face, (laughs) right? Well, approximately 10 minutes after this picture is taken, uh, the Heavens, Open up, just as the pitchers are about to go. Okay. Tarp comes on the field. Two and a half hour rain delay. My buddy who's with me, he's got a birthday party in Stanford, Connecticut, he's got to get to. He sees an inning of this game. I am stuck there alone. I am watching this pillow fight between the New York Yankees and Milwaukee Brewers, featuring the worst defensive play I have ever seen in person at a game.
1: Courtesy of?
0: Courtesy of everybody. Everybody was terrible. Everybody. The Brewers were terrible. You're
1: talking across the board. okay? I don't know if it was one player in particular. No, no, across
0: the board. It was horrible. It's two to two. The Yankees have scored a run off a single and then off the most little league error you're ever going to see. After giving up an inside the park home runoff of comedy of errors prior. The Yankees send up Aaron Judge, Jason Dominguez, the Martian. Who, by the way, just officially became a Yankee because he needs Tommy John surgery as a hitter. And then John Carlos Stan. Okay. Or sorry, Glaber Torres, Glaber Torres. I see in the sixth inning here, 2-2 game, I see Aaron Judge, Jason Dominguez, and Glaber Torres, three consecutive groundouts to short. Three consecutive groundouts to short. I look to my left, there's nobody there. I look to my right, there's nobody there. And I say, I'm leaving. <laughs> so in a 2-two game in the sixth inning, I got up and left. I left this game that I paid a dollar and fifty cents to go to because Mia, because this is an unwatchable brand of baseball and I cannot believe in my lifetime. That it has come to this. The Yankees, by the way, would go on to lose nine to two for the record. Okay.
1: However, Next they overcame week. being no hit for eight innings on Sunday. They almost got
0: uh, eight innings, 11 innings. 11 innings they were no hit for. Okay. So that's bad. But I'm like, you know what? It's fine. Bruce was canceled. The Yankees are trash. I'm going to go home week one of the NFL season. I'll watch some football, I'll smoke some swordfish. And I'll be ready because I've been waiting all day for Sunday night to see the New York football Giants kick off their campaign against the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants made a lot of improvements this offseason. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling optimistic. And I tweet out as the New York Giants, Mia, are driving. They are inside the 20-yard line, colloquially referred to as the red zone among us football fans. The gold
1: zone for Nate Hackett fans. But continue.
0: And I go to X and I send out a Z and I say, I just need the New York Giants not to be the New York Yankees this year. And well, me, O'Brien, that's very possibly not going to be the case.
1: It may actually be worse.
0: The Giants laid one of the biggest week one eggs in history yesterday, losing 40 to nothing at home to the Cowboys. New York made the playoffs last year. They awarded Daniel Jones a massive contract this offseason. Well, he passed for 63 total yards. The Giants offensive line gave up seven sacks. It was putrid. Me, O'Brien, was this one of the worst performances in NFL history, given all the circumstances?
1: Yes, and that's crazy because the Denver Broncos fielded a team last year and the Jacksonville Jaguars fielded a team in 2020 and the Detroit Lions went 0-16 once upon a time. And yet, here we are.
0: Why was this, in your opinion, one of the worst ever? You're not Um, a Giants fan. I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, statistically speaking, in all three phases, there were just too many errors. Like, perhaps your bright spot as a Giants fan was Saquon Barkley. There's Um, no bright spot.
0: There's nothing. uh,
1: Okay, well, (laughs) like you said, they were driving the first drive of the game. first drive of the game. Inside the 20, and Saquon did look good. And so I was like, oh, okay, they're just going to run the ball because it's raining. Remember that game with Bill Belichick and the Bills? Uh, and Mac Jones and the snow game. And I think Mac Jones threw it a th- like three total times. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like strategy. And so I'm like, Brian Dable strategy. Like, okay, cool. Whatever. Just run the rock. I don't care. Um, and then obviously um, even though Saquon, you know, ran for a lovely 51 yards and a 4.3 yard clip. Um, he unfortunately then fumbled the ball away one too many times. And so you can't even count him as a bright spot. Um, D- DJ, you already noted about him uh, special teams. Well, you block the, uh, the field goal, Graham Gano, uh, twice Graham Gano supposed to be, uh, Mr. Consistent for the New York football giants. So special teams knocked, um, the defense again gave up 40 points, although really it was what 20 some odd in terms of actual offensive points, um, still. And, uh, yeah, Dak Prescott had all day to throw. I loved the graphic they did where, like, they showcased the the Cowboys, the pocket with the offensive line, mm-hmm. and how nice and cocoon mm-hmm. Dak Prescott was. Mm-hmm. And then you had Daniel Jones with 1.6 seconds to throw it before Michael Parsons ate him alive. And Andrew um, Thomas
0: got hurt for the Giants, by the way, your star. Yeah, and Evan that Neal spent
1: about 80% of the game on the ground, so that mm-hmm. didn't help. Um, so, yeah, um, I think the Cowboys are good. We're going to dive into this a little more, but, like, I think the Cowboys are good. I'm not sure they are world beaters. Um, I think this was um, just a perfect storm, pun intended, because it literally was also monsooning. And unfortunately, it just snowballed from there. And do I think this is indicative of who the New York Giants will be? Maybe not. But also, I'm not sure that what we saw last year uh, wasn't a mirage.
0: Okay. So I know a lot of times in sports fandom, something like this happens. And we're like, oh, my God, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. It's one
1: overreaction. That's what right, we're here right, for. That's right. what Out of Bounds is all about. But
0: that. I think this actually might have been one of the worst team performances ever in an NFL game. And I found this stat, and I'm going to credit it appropriately, per Stats. Last night, the Giants, follow me along here. Okay, ready? Lost the game 40 to nothing or worse. Lost the sack battle seven, seven, nothing or worse. Lost the turnover battle three, nothing or worse. Had a field goal blocked and returned for a touchdown and threw a pick six. Okay. No other team in NFL history has had all five happen in the same season. The Giants had all those things happen in the same game. We are talking about historic ineptitude. In this particular game. The Giants were outclassed. They were outcoached. They were outperformed. I truly believe this was one of the worst games. That I will ever watch in my life. As a football fan.
1: Did you watch till the end?
0: I watched straight through the end. Where Daniel Jones was still in this game. At 40 to nothing by the way. So Mia you, you hear games like this. Right and their outcomes. And I just keep thinking to myself. This was gonna be one of those games for the Giants that years from now years from now if you're a fan you're gonna talk about this one as like oh remember the 40 to nothing game like you know every team has those games right every like the Jaguars have the was the knee down right like
1: Oh, Miles the, Jack! Yeah, Miles, Miles Jack. Jack wasn't that Or we also or, have a uh, Frank Gore um, <laughs> rushing for a first down for the Jets to give them Trevor. Yeah, but it's like,
0: but it's like the Miles Jack game, right? Yeah, and right. and the Jets have the Colts game. The the I think the that was fumble. also forty to nothing. Right, and then and there's that. the butt fumble. And the
1: butt fumble, yeah.
0: So, like, I think we will look back at last night's Sunday Night Football game as a true wow. Do you remember that one? I don't think it's an exaggeration.
1: So I want to pull up all the scoring plays here because it's just. I need water.
0: I'm out uh, okay,
1: you grab your water. Um, Let me pull it up. So you got Graham Gano field goal blocked. All right. Um, By Inga I who I can never pronounce his name, but obviously it was a bust with the Dolphins, and then here we are. Okay, so that's a special teams blunder but you did drive you did milk six and six minutes and 57 that, seconds o'clock be
0: in mind, they only had to go for a field goal because of a penalty
1: right and- so at first the first six and a half minutes you're like okay maybe we got something here so that's that there's a positive um then you the field goal okay so that's nine um and that was after an 11 minute drive where they bended and not and didn't break or excuse me it was a 345 drive so 11 minutes have passed this point okay cool um then this was the touchdown for the jo- no oh that was the interception yeah that's right pick six okay um then another well, and that field was goal. a fluke
0: that was a fluke the pick six was a fluke that yeah well it bounced off
1: Saquon yeah so, so maybe Saquon's we won't blame arms. Saquon
0: that right. was in Saquon's arms and he 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 messed up.
1: Maybe we won't blame Saquon then. Um, just well, like no, no, I'm blaming
0: Saquon. I'm not blaming Daniel. Okay, so, ball,
1: right? yeah, okay. Just like we're going to blame yeah. Tank Bigsby, and then we'll talk about that one later because that was wacky too. A um, lo- lot of running backs just letting balls bounce off them lately. That's what she said. Um, then another field goal, Tony Pollard back-to-back touchdowns, Turpin touchdowns. So, in reality, you only allowed 21 points uh, in terms of sheer Offensive touchdowns. No, and you couldn't keep
0: him off the field, and then a
1: couple of anger uh, or not anger because he's the punter. Aubrey field goals.
0: Well, so, and then there was there was the Giants the 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 interception from Daniel Jones where he's running out of bounds and then just decides ah whatever and just throws it and and uh, I mean and Stephon Gilmore's right there. You only this had two was,
1: interceptions.
0: This was remedial stuff. It was bad. And listen, I want to give credit because I know this was a point you wanted to hit on, and I know we got to move on. The Cowboys' defense did look very good in this game. They really did. The Giants were inept, but the Cowboys' defense was Shout-out
1: Micah Parsons. Shout-out Dan Quinn. Yeah, they're legit. The defense is legit. Um, My big thing is... And I already expressed to you off the air my opinion, but um and I will express mine in a second, but do you think the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl based off this I mean, forty? I'm not
0: going that far yet, okay. but I'll tell you when you see a defensive performance like that, that scares the hell out of you out of you if you're another team. You know, the whole question this offseason was who's gonna step up and challenge the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when you see a performance like that, the Cowboys put their name right there and say, Yeah, we're we're in this conversation and I wasn't blown away by anything the Cowboys did offensively yesterday. I think they just. No, just I, that's why I'm saying.
1: And that's yeah. where, and this was Mike Mike McCarthy's first game calling play since Kellen Moore left for LA. And that's why, while I think the Cowboys are absolutely in the mix for a playoff spot. And I think that defense can carry them. Um, I am still rooting for the meme of them missing the playoffs um, just because Mike McCarthy and also Brian Schottenheimer is the OC, if in name only. And we all know that he is the kiss of death for a lame duck head coach. Um, right down the line from Mark Richt to Urban Meyer, if you put Urban, uh, Urban, <laughs> if you put Brian Schottenheimer on your staff, there is a good chance that you will be fired. Um, it's just how things go in, in the national football league and college football. Um, and I love Brian Schottenheimer nicest guy, but it, the track record speaks for itself. Happened in the jets with Rexy Ryan too. I believe um, it, it, listen, listen, Once it, once is, you know, unfortunate twice is, um, coincidence three times we got a pattern and it has happened too many times for me. So I would appreciate the meme to continue. Um, but I do think the Cowboys are definitely a competitor in the, in the NFC. Let's dive those specifically, John, uh, into Daniel Jones. No. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to pull up a graphic. What do you want me
0: to say? What do you want me to say? I he was, know. He was terrible. to pull up
1: a graphic here in the
0: script. No, no. no. He was he was terrible. You won't pull terrible. up a
1: graphic. You refuse to.
0: No, there's no graphic. He was terrible. He was horrible. He was... I didn't
1: know if we wanted to talk about his contract. That was more so what no, I was No, I
0: mean, look, he was horrible. He was absolutely horrible in this game. But the whole team was horrible. It wasn't just him. The whole team was horrible. And they, more than anything, and this was a rarity for last year, they got outcoached. They got outcoached. They were not prepared. They were not ready for this game. And I think Brian Dayball is a better coach than that. Mm-hmm. I think Wink-Martindale is a better coordinator than that. Mm-hmm. But they got outcoached. So now here's how what happens. You come back next week. You've got allegedly one of the worst teams in the league in the Arizona Cardinals next week. You go out there. You got to win that game. And then you got a quick turnaround against a tenacious San Francisco team, a team that looked really, really good yesterday. So yeah, I, I mean that that's where you're tested, right? We'll know within the first three weeks of the season probably who this New York Giants team is. It I could be really- a it could be a fluke and you move on and everything's fine. Or as you know what the saying goes, they are who we thought they were.
1: Oh, or see, it's not you know what it's not want. what you want
0: either. It's not, either. What, you um, it's
1: not what you want. I, I am rooting. Or, or, I am. I was rooting for the Cardinals to win yesterday just because I wanted to see Jonathan Gannon actually have to answer questions, um, A, at a podium in general, but also um, after they've literally crafted the perfect tank um, for Caleb Williams and then him have to answer questions. Let's talk contracts, though, John, and teams that played abysmally.
0: Yeah. Joe Burrow. It's a good picture, isn't it?
1: So sad. Poor Joe.
0: Tell us a little bit about Joe.
1: Yeah, so Joe Burrow um, became the richest man not only in Bengals history but uh, in NFL history. He signs a five-year, two hundred seventy-five million-dollar extension. Um, what was awesome, and I would like to make a note of this, is that the Burrow head drama continues because this guy literally waited until the Chiefs were kicking off the NFL season, and then he had Adam Schefter press send, which is so petty, and I love it. Um, except for the fact that then he went on to go fourteen of thirty-one for eighty-two yards in a twenty-four to three loss the browns who he is now one in five against oh and wait for it um through for a career worst 2.5 yards per throw average john did joe burrow cash in and then cash out
0: (laughs) this picture cracks me up (laughs) first off horrible weather across week one right like it's still
1: horrible weather i'm just hoping our broadcast today tonight on this program goes without a hitch yeah
0: um, did he cash out? No, he didn't cash out. That's classic overreaction from NFL fans out there, but I feel like we see more of this in recent years where guys get these big deals and then out of the gates they just come out and they look like booty. And I don't know what was in the water there in Cincinnati. And in Cleveland that... even worse. Well, I'm saying they played in Cleveland, but I'm saying in Cincinnati, I don't oh, know okay. what was in the water there. But it's something was going on with Joe Burrow, where I watched a lot of that game. He didn't even remotely look like a superstar. And we're going to talk about this in our next topic a little bit, but I think there's something to be said about maybe needing to see a little more action in the preseason with some of these guys. and And we'll get into that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in the traditional form that we know it as, because I've got some ideas. But I just think that when you come out like this, you leave yourself susceptible to so much more criticism than what you would be facing otherwise. You got to talk the talk if you're going to, or you got to walk the walk rather if you're going to talk the talk. And Joe Burrow is one of those silent killers in the NFL, I feel like but his swagger talks a big game.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple factors in this one. First of all, um, cause I see Eddie in our comments on YouTube, which of course we want you guys to leave comments on YouTube, but also a KYN chat too, if you can. Um, but I, I see him also referencing the limited preseason action. The reality is, and I know people loved crap on Joe Burrow for this. The man hardly, if ever, has played in the preseason. His rookie year was 2020. There was no preseason. He was coming back from the ACL tear. He didn't play the season that they went to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. during the preseason last year. There was an in- or was the appendectomy, and now he has the calf injury. So I think Joe Burrow has literally practiced and played in the preseason, probably like as much as I have, um, wh- which. Whether it's a problem or not, I don't know. However, it should be noted that they started last year 0-2, and he took a line from another great quarterback, whether you like it or not, in the National Football League in A.A. Ron and said, relax. And then guess what happened? The Bengals went to the AFC Championship game. So that's where I'm not pressing the panic button, especially because this was also in a monsoon. And the reality is is that Cincinnati game, as much as uh, excuse, excuse me, the Cincinnati offense, As much as they have Joe Mixon, and I don't think they're going to miss Samaj P. Ryan all that much because they still have Joe Mixon for however long he – isn't in jail, um, uh, the reality is, is that th- their offense is predicated on the passing game. And it's tough to pass when you keep having to swap out, having a glove on, Absolutely. having a towel, are my hands wet? You can barely get the ball out of I your get hand. It. I get and it. And the reality is, too, is that Deshaun Watson didn't play all that hot either. I mean, 16 or okay, 29 is Deshaun mark, Watson but...
0: hasn't played well, period. Correct. Since You're, not, a wrong. You're Brown, not wrong. And I want to make that very You're clear. Right. Like, Deshaun Watson now, as far as I see it, This is a guy who completes 55% of his passes in games. Like that's who Deshaun Watson is. Do you think he has the
1: yips or what do you, or do you think he's just like, like, what is it?
0: I just think when you're, I mean, how much time did he, he missed a season and a half, right? Something like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, uh,
1: yeah, no, it was almost like a season and three fourths.
0: Yeah. So when you miss that much time, that's just what's going to happen. You're going to lose your feel for the game. And you combine it with all the turmoil off the field for him. I think this is just who Deshaun Watson is right now. And can he get out of that? I don't know. Maybe. I saw a meme the other day. Are are you more worried about
1: Deshaun than Joe?
0: I ain't worried about Deshaun whatsoever. I want to make that very clear. I saw a meme the other day that was like Deshaun Watson pointing up to God. And then it was like God. And it was a picture of someone from a show being like, nah man like like and i was just like oh <laughs> i was just...
1: like what do you think I, i've i thought about this like seeing him celebrate with his teammates after he had the running uh rushing touchdown like like if you're them like 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 they all say like oh yeah he's forgiven like listen he's, he's I
0: they have overlooked far more egregious things in the nfl than that and that's a pretty egregious thing that he is accused of doing for the record but um doug i just i think that's who deshaun watson is i think that's that's him. Uh, you know, burrow, i'm not worried about joe burrow. I, I the only thing i would be worried is that maybe he's not as healthy as they're trying mm-hmm. to make off that he is. yeah. but uh yeah, i mean well let's let's keep the conversation going here on week 1. in general, mia lots of underperformance. low scores dominated the early afternoon slate. superstars underperformed across the board for the most part. So what's the solution, if there is any, to preventing something like that happening when the lights of the marquee go up on the first time all season? Uh,
1: There isn't. Um, It's just shaking the rust off, unfortunately. Um, You also have situations like, speaking of, second reference to the 2020 Jaguars who lost 15 straight games they won their first game of the season. And you can call that the Jaguars-Colts curse uh, that the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2012 as much as you want. But the reality is is that wonky things happen in the first week of the season because teams are still trying to figure out who they are. Um, I don't think who you see week one of a team is indicative of who they will be. Um, Although certainly you can see hints of it. I I got a text from a staffer uh, who noted with uh, Tank Bigsby, the rookie running back for the Jags, his struggles um, in case you missed it. We really should have pulled up a graphic of that one. You saw the play, right, with DeForest mm-hmm. Buckner? Mm-hmm. This is the wackiest play I have ever seen, where Trevor Lawrence gets sacked, the ball dribbles away, the play was presumed to have been called dead, Tank Bigsby picks it up, and is standing there waiting for the ref, like this, just standing with his hand on his hip, waiting for the ref, and DeForest Buckner just walks over, swats it, picks it up, and runs swing,
0: and runs. Crazy. And the refs say
1: it's a touchdown. Yeah. Um, which the irony is that Tank Bigsby is perhaps most known in Auburn uh, Auburn Auburn folklore Say that five times fast. Auburn folklore. Auburn folklore for the fact that he did, he went out of bounds against Alabama. If he had stayed in bounds, they probably win the Iron Bowl. And the trajectory of Auburn football and Brian, Har- Bryce, Bri- Brian Harson's tenure is completely different. Game. Um, so that's besides the point. The reality is, is that, you know, he had already caused an interception earlier in the game. And so he went on to score a touchdown and everything was fine and they won the game. Um, and when I talked to the staffer, they were just like, yeah, you know, he just have to get his cherry popped. You know, that's that's just how it goes. Um, you Jeez. know, like, and it's the truth, though, you know, God like mighty, right. Like, that, that's what it was like, you know, just needed to get his feet wet. And whether you're a rookie or you have been in the league for years, like that's it, it's about getting your feet wet. So I, I think a lot of these week one overreactions, the low scoring, it's always low scoring. In week one, statistically across the board, last year in a monsoon, the Niners and the the Niners lost the Bears like nineteen to eleven or something like that. Yeah, that like, was an
0: ugly. That was an ugly football yeah, game. Yeah,
1: weird things happen week one. I'm I, not too worried I guess, about it. I guess I'm what I just, like three preseason games. I know that's I, what you want to get at. I like three preseason. Games. Yeah,
0: get rid of that. I love least joint one. practices
1: too. By the way, I think get joint ri- practices. Well, are so here's future.
0: here's my solution. Get rid of at least one of the preseason games. I get rid of two of them, quite frankly. And what I would do is. And I, I was talking to our mutual friend JT Pruitt about this, and, and we were kind of in agreement on this. Do some sort of untelevised scrimmage where it's mandatory that, like, your starters have to play x amount of time mm-hmm. to get ready, and and do it against another team, a full scrimmage, not not an inter squad like with another team. We know the NFL has to televise everything, so it's never going to happen, but. Do something like that where guys can play without judgment, not in front of anyone, and get their reps in. Because I think if you got them going at that level on something a little more intense than what we see in the preseason, even week four of the preseason, I think they then enter week one of the regular season a little more ready to go. Again, there's no true solution to this, because sometimes stuff just takes... Time to gel, right? It just takes time to gel. But as
1: an, as an AP top twenty five college basketball voter, I absolutely love this closed scrimmage idea. Yeah. Um, just because the closed scrimmages are like the talk of preseason college basketball. It's always sure. like well, you know, like UCLA got beat by uh insert random California school in a closed door no. scrimmage or right. Iowa got beat by DePaul, and it's like yeah. Okay. No, I just, But, I just but think that to your it, point, like, and that's where I said about the joint practices. These guys love the joint practices, and that's why so many coaches opt to not play their players after two to three hard days going up against somebody else.
0: I just, I think that it would be a little more conducive to getting players ready to go. Because, I mean, quarterbacks were, like, bad yesterday. Like, there were exceptions, but yeah. they were bad it just makes you wonder like
1: and if the well, quarterback wasn't bad the play calling was clunky And the
0: play calling was right it just yeah. it just was not i mean really the it, from the games i watched the most well-oiled machine yesterday were the 49ers and easily and, and i really
1: liked i actually saw this really good quote on um, x or twitter or whatever we're calling it um, who would have thunk that what needed to take the 49ers over the top was a quarterback in Brock Purdy who's not just hitting singles. He's just trying to hit doubles. He's not trying to hit Mm -hmm. home runs necessarily all the time, but he's hitting doubles, ground rule doubles. And I thought that was very, very poetic.
0: Let's transition to the college game with another team that is totally rolling right now. Yeah,
1: this is a team that doesn't have any offensive troubles. Or, Well, I take that back. They kind of did. Um, the Coach Prime experience, it's working in Colorado. The Buffs are 2-0. and They routed TCU, lit up the scoreboard. Nebraska, kind of wonky, only scored 13 points in the first half, but then they come back and absolutely demolish the Cornhuskers. Folsom Field, packed. Largest crowd they've had since I think it was 2001. Um, something just absurd. Dion, no question about it. You love him or you hate him. His security guards are following him around. One of them's got a shirt that says F around and find out. <laughs> John, is this okay as long as the winds keep coming for Dion, uh, okay. Dion so, be Dion?
0: So here's my take on this, okay? I think the Dion larger than life personality. This is, let's not mistake it. This is who he's been his whole career. Right. I
1: like that. He's still him.
0: So He is still authentically him. There's no shying away from that. And I do think it's a great thing for college football specifically that you have someone who was one of the most electric players of all time at both the college and pro level actually succeeding as a head coach. How many superstar players try to become coaches and, perform well very few of them do and Dion sy- systemically changed the game he really did as far as recruiting goes with the hbcus and into colorado now the one thing that i will just say that i think Dion does need to understand when it comes to being a head coach in a major division one program is that it is not the job of everyone to be your fan and your supporter like I saw in the press conferences where he's calling out individual journalists. He's like, you doubted us. You doubted us. you Apparently doubted it was us.
1: Ed Werder. I'm like, and, Ed Werder barely covers you. <laughs>
0: but, and it's not that people were even doubting them. It was just, they're just trying to hyperanalyze the game appropriately. And he's like, are you going to be in our quarter now? And I'm like, dude, if you're going to be a head coach, you have to, that's not the role of these people. Their role is not to be your cheerleader. If you give them something positive to write about, they're going to, write positive things and so far that's exactly what Colorado's doing so I don't have an issue Mia with it per se but I do think that there needs to be some sort of coming to Jesus moment here of all right let's come down a little bit and understand that we need to keep things in perspective.
1: I've got two words that will bring things down. Caleb Williams in two weeks time. Um, Actually three weeks. Uh, Bo Nix is the first two word sequence I have for you. Although we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Oregon's got some questions to answer as well. Uh, But yeah, no. uh, I just think once he gets to the meat of that Pac-12 schedule, it'll humble Colorado a little. Although the defense certainly proved to me that this is not just some offensive juggernaut. They're a good team. Led by Shadur Sanders, who, by the way, is going to be a first-round pick, and it has nothing to do with his father. He would have played at Alabama if Dion had not become a college coach. Alabama probably would have beaten Texas on Saturday night if Shadur Sanders was their quarterback. Um, and so it's unfortunate. I mean, I think the kid is great. And yeah. the kids that they've recruited, the the, the back Edwards, obviously Travis Hunter. They um, got
0: Jimmy he, Horn over there now. Jimmy I him. like the whole crew Florida, yeah. on offense
1: is legit. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do think that the pass rush proves something to me on Saturday. So they are a contender in the Pac 12 and it's final year of existence. There's no question there. Um as far as Dion being Dion, like I think that those losses will humble him because they are coming. This team is not going 12 and oh. If they do, great awesome but the losses will come and that's what will be curious for me to see because Dion did not suffer a ton of losses at jackson state at least not in the last two years and so that is where i am most curious to see how he reacts to that um I would think he will do so humbly, especially as long as as long as it's in the Pac-12 portion of their schedule. I don't think Colorado State's going to beat him on Saturday, um, so I think we're in the clear there. Um, but the reality is, is once those losses come, that's maybe where you see him pull back a little bit. Um, but knowing Dion, if it's a controversial ending, he could lean in even more. So oh, I, I hope I you're prepared for that too. I
0: think he absolutely would lean in even more. But I do think there needs to be some sort of evaluation of okay. Let's pick and choose our battles here. You can't have a battle with everybody, with everything. It's not the whole world against Colorado, especially if you continue to prove that you're a winner. People are going to buy love in.
1: Colorado, that white sweatshirt, the white hat. Everyone is going to want to buy it. I said it as soon yeah. as they beat TCU. I said, this is the new must have item this Christmas season. You watch. Um, mostly I'm upset. We didn't ask my boy, Dave Campo, to call into this episode of out of bounds because he's got Deion Sanders stories for days, obviously, as a position coach with the Dallas Cowboys and his DC. And he's, he's told me like, this is who he's always been since he met him. Mm-hmm. There is a reason the Cowboys didn't want to draft him initially. Because this is who you get. And when they went and got him, there were people who were like, are you going to be able to handle that? And that was as a player. So now that you've empowered him into a position of leadership, like this was inevitable. I'm glad that it's not just a show. Like this is not a gimmick.
0: they're good. He's he's a
1: legit coach. Like – you know,
0: so listen, Dion's one of the greatest athletes of his generation. Yep. we're talking about I a love guy... how
1: they had Smoltz on the pregame show, by the way. It was well, awesome.
0: We're, well, we're talking about a guy who became the first guy ever to hit a home run and score a touchdown the same week. And like, that's, we are talking about an elite athlete who has made this successful transition to coaching. I just think he needs to measure and temper expectations just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit before we go all the way here. And because guess what? Like you said, times are going to get tough. They're going to lose games. And you can't... I don't want to say arrogance is a word because I don't think it's arrogance. I think it is... Extreme confidence. Mm -hmm. And eventually that's going to be tested. Be
1: challenged, yeah.
0: It's going to be challenged. So we will...
1: He's still going to just...
0: Be and maybe he does. Maybe I'm sure. Does. You know
1: what? I'm going to call it now. Like they'll lose to USC. Like they'll they'll beat Oregon, and everyone's still going to be high on them. And then they'll lose to USC on like a you know a last minute Caleb Williams crazy touchdown. And Dion's going to like make this whole dramatic hugging of Caleb Williams at midfield. And like I'm so proud of my son Caleb. Look at what he did. He goes. We got beat by a great quarterback. And I love Lincoln Riley, but I also love my team. And this was a great game. And like that's Maybe. what he's going to say. And I'm okay with that. I'm Maybe. okay with it. He's going to well, make it all about him, <laughs> but at least he's going to be humble in doing so.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about USC. Let's talk about USC. Let's talk about Texas. Who's back? Texas beats Alabama. USC is fifth in the country with the consensus number one overall pick under center. They're dominating once again.
1: You forgot about Miami.
0: Well, you can throw Miami into that. In is the
1: U two. back? Many are asking.
0: My question is, are we living in 2006 again? And what does that do for college football to have powerhouses like USC, Texas, and potentially someone like Miami back into the fold here? What does that do for this sport?
1: So I was listening to Shutdown Down Fullcast on the drive home today, and they made the great point of like every Alabama loss we have seen since Nick Saban became the head coach, you remember, because it
0: either was an Guess absolute what?
1: butt whipping.
0: Guess what? The
1: walls are closing in. Correct, which we're going to get to. We're going to get to. Um, But but we're going to get to that in a second. Are the walls closing in slash is Texas really that good? Get to that. Oh. The, the, the Trevor butt-whipping, everyone knows. Deshaun Watson sneaking out a national championship title, everyone knows. The LSU going for two, Johnny Manziel, iconic things. For me, Texas didn't do anything in this game that truly won them the game. They simply have better athletes, who performed and executed the game plan more efficiently than Alabama. It was that simple. What's really unfortunate as well for Nick Saban, to your point about the walls closing in, is he had the number one recruiting class in the country last year. You want to know how many of those players have cracked his starting lineup? One. Caden Proctor, who defected from Iowa to go, uh, go to Alabama and become a tackle for Nick Saban. Go Hawks. Um, who also got whipped on Saturday night by Texas. Do, want, do you want to
0: just get it again so you can hit the. Tr- no, tree it's round. all right. We'll get
1: to them later. Um, okay. But but the reality is, is that if, if, he's going to have to either try to see what sticks with these young kids or like, I, I don't know what he's going to do because I don't know. Like, I don't think Texas is that good. That's the scary part. I think Alabama got beat by a top 10, top 15 team. I don't think they got beat by a top three team. And that's what's frightening if you're Nick Saban.
0: Okay, but look at the macro question. Texas playing well, USC playing well. Does this restore a little prestige to this great game?
1: The USC, undoubtedly. And they're legit. They will falter at the last minute because it's a Lincoln-Riley-led USC. Um, Although I think Caleb Williams will have something to say about that. I just don't know if their defense is that good, but whatever we'll see how that goes down the road texas the Pac twelve or the Pac 12 the big 12 is going to cannibalize itself even more than the Pac 12 i think um they may be the cream of the crop in a conference where everybody is like a top 25 team like they're like fringe top 25 and texas is a little bit better so they may win the conference based on that but like you tell me what did you see from quinn ewers like i see caleb williams and i see matt liner reggie bush Lincoln sure. Riley, Carroll. Uh, uh, I see that entirely.
0: Man, yes, absolutely. I don't I see it
1: at Texas with Sarkisian and Quinn. I mean, York, it's
0: it's still don't. it's still early too. It's I mean, we're very early in the season here, but I agree with you on USC for sure. I it seeing USC, this feels like those prestigious USC teams from 20 years ago, 17 years ago, and it. What's cool about it is, you have a whole generation of fans, young people that grew up knowing that. USC is this iconic institution, the Matt Leiner, the Reggie Bush era, right? Then they go dormant for so long. And now those fans are in their 30s and they're super invested in college football. Now they're seeing that re-rise to prominence. And I think that's a very good thing for the sport. The more classic institutions playing well that you have, the more equity that the NCAA can present on television with its big-time matchups. We love seeing Alabama dominate, Clemson dominate, all that stuff for years. But when you can reinvigorate these institutions of the game, including the U, if, if the U really are starting to become legitimate again, that's amazing for the sport. It really is. And I hope people recognize that because the more major institutions playing well we have, especially as the college football playoff is about to expand. The unpredictability factor is going to go up. You're going to have players become more superstar names. I think it's like perfect time and place for something transformative to happen here.
1: How many commercials is Caleb Williams in? I feel so bad for Reggie Bush and Matt Liner. Like they're just I mean, sitting Reggie here. Reggie Bush
0: I... especially.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just um, sitting here and they're like, like meanwhile, like... What were we doing at that age? Getting yelled at by the the NCAA.
0: Reggie Bush had his livelihood stripped from him, essentially. So make of that.
1: Meanwhile, Caleb Williams in every commercial. Everything is fine. Um, No, Miami, real quick, I do want to make a note for our listeners. Um, Obviously, I co-hosted Leon Searcy, who played for Miami, and he was the um, left tackle to uh, Mario Cristobal's right tackle on the Miami late 1980s, early 1990s championship team. So I've gotten to know Mario a little bit. So happy for that guy, like, and it has nothing to do with the fact that Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino eating each other alive is an amazing bit that I love to see. Um, But Mario is a guy who loves Miami. He left Oregon, which I know upset some people, but the reality is his mom was sick in Miami. He's from, he went to Columbus High School down the road from Coral Gables. He went to Miami. Like, he bleeds Miami and so I really appreciate that he went back and he got there and he he told us like he told told us in Amelia Island at the ACC meetings a year and a half ago he got there and none of those guys wanted to practice none of them wanted to do anything but Instagram and show their uh, jewelry and their chains and he was like you got to be great to win a national title like I did you got to practice and it seems like he's finally gotten those guys um and Very, just very happy for him because because I I enjoy seeing that old school brand. uh, And they're not even old school because they're fun to watch. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke threw five touchdowns. So it's not like it's like bully ball, but it's just, you know, it's good to see you had the issue with Gen Z and now you got some kids who really want to put in the work.
0: Absolutely. we got one more topic before the beast of the week, and we're going to take a break from football here. Mia, let's talk about your girl. Hit us up here.
1: Okay, what picture did you use, first and foremost? Okay, all right, good. So it's a picture from the U.S. Open, thank God. Um, so Coco Gauff wins her first U.S. Open championship, her first major. The entire sports world is talking about her, but the question is, John, is she the new Serena, or is that too much pressure for a 19-year-old that cost me and my boyfriend $5 when she got ousted in the second round of Wimbledon this summer?
0: She she is a special special talent she carries herself so well i think it's amazing seeing i don't know if you saw this the video of her at the u.s open when she was like 13 doing like she's like dancing in the stands and then now to be where she is where she put in in that final a performance of a lifetime i mean she was down and out and she Like, I think one of the beautiful things about tennis is it's, it really is for as much of it as an athletic sport, very much a cerebral sport. And she was an assassin out there in the same way that greats like Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and all these great killer athletes just were able to turn it up. Tom Brady able to turn it up to that extra mode. I think it's unfair that people are going to make those natural comparisons to Serena. They're going to because what Coco Goff has an opportunity to be is the first Coco Goff. And she has a chance to take this amazing legacy that Serena left and build on it and expand the game even more so using her influence. It's one of the things that I feel, and I've gone on the record in saying this, Not that any athlete has the responsibility of having to do something like this, but I feel like Tiger Woods missed such an opportunity to really grow golf to a younger generation where they're actively playing it in in a way that you can get someone like Coco Golf having an opportunity to do something like that at 19. So, yeah, I I think it's a little unfair, Mia, but – she has this amazing opportunity to blaze her path. And I don't think she's flaming out. I think Coco Goff is here to stay. What say you?
1: Yeah, I think she's here to stay. Like, I don't know enough about the field right now. Of course, of course. tell you, yeah, like, exactly how much staying power, you know, in terms of actual, like, competition that she has. Um, I'm glad you brought up Tiger, because when you think about Tiger and Serena, like, it was, it's hard to describe. Because it was more than just winning. It was absolute domination. And until I see Coco Goff win back-to-back majors, that's when I'm going to turn around and say, hey. And the the, the other comparison is the fact that uh, Djokovic is dominating. And granted, the men's game and the women's game are different. They are. But Djokovic is dominating. We've seen other men tennis players over the last decade go through stretches of dominance. I mean Djokovic just won his 24th major. Well, like
0: he's, so he's that's on where, the short list of greatest athletes ever. Correct. And
1: and so that's where for me until I see back-to-back that's when I'm going to say okay, like we could start putting her in the comp and it needs to be like now. Um although Phil Mickelson didn't win a major till he was over 30. So I mean, the reality is I, I, it's so hard like tiger and serena are just so hard to enter that lexicon but you understand gunster. what
0: i'm saying where you're using your influence cause... yeah no i
1: totally get that and i think tiger the problem is is like what's crazy to think is like he did influence he did grow the game and he wasn't even trying to he did it just by being tiger yeah. and just being himself i
0: mean i could get into some real like yeah, socioeconomic yeah. elements of that where i would disagree it's also with like that. michael
1: jordan and you know who buys sneakers but right you know Like, and that's what's crazy. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods—they weren't thinking about, "Hey, this is my platform. What am I going to do with it?" And they still grew the game. And so it will be curious to see if that's her approach or not. Although I do gotta, we do gotta briefly address the picture of her with the Today Show, and then the one that Bruce Beck posted with her. Like my girl, then looked like 19 years old there. And also, who dressed her in the 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 jeans top? Like she, she looked like, like a 35 year old mom. I was like, who dressed her? Like I was I, a little concerned. I was like, I, I can't supposed comment to be on young, Like you said, young, 19, like stylish. Like I'm I was not
0: like, trying to comment on any of that. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm gonna be that. the fashion,
1: I'm going to be the fashion consultant over here for Coco. Coco, if you need me, call me. Not that I have any sense of fashion, clearly exhibited by my homage t-shirt. Um, But yeah, I was like a little like, wait, she looks so much older though. Like what are we, what are we doing here?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, guy telling a girl how to dress is not a field that i'm looking to go down so uh let's hit on the beast of the week mia who did the most beastly thing that you saw oh well so this this one i
1: wasn't even intending to make my beast of the week but then you were like oh my god that's amazing so we're gonna roll with it and that is the oregon ducks who were seven point favorites against texas tech they were only up one and texas quarterback tyler shaw who wait for it, used to be the quarterback at Oregon, now at Texas Tech, is driving with under three minutes to go, trying to tie up this ball game or at least get it to overtime. And then Fat Man touchdown. Picked off, returned for a score with, I believe it was a minute and 40 seconds left, and Oregon, in turn, wins this game by eight. And again, the line was seven
0: beastly that, that is beastly that Beasley. is they move to two and zero,
1: and uh the poor red raiders after their um fantastic upset quite frankly up in laramie wyoming uh fall to zero and two
0: my beast of the week i'm gonna be nice here ready mm-hmm. my beast of the week is tom brady oh,
1: T- tom how brady nice of you tom brady
0: got his disney world send off yesterday finally going back to new England getting, he, I thought it was so great seeing him run onto the field, doing his finger point, doing the lap around the field. They got all the championships laid out. His kids
1: look older too. It's so weird. They like look like teenagers. Now they don't look like little kids. Yeah, and they, it's been like three years.
0: Yeah. Well, Crazy. they're getting up there and you know, I know it's been a weird couple of years for Tom Brady, but I grew to really like Tom Brady covering him. And I, I think it was really nice to see. And then to cap it off, this story that came out today from Kyle Rudolph, who played with him on the Bucks. Yeah. Did, did, did you see this story? Yeah,
1: about it, how he the, always kept an empty locker this was next nice. to him. So
0: he kept yeah. an empty locker room next to his own locker. And players would leave items in the locker that they would ask him to sign for whatever the purpose may be. And he would stay after games or after practice and he would sign the items. And, you know, Tom, I think I'm I'm hoping that as Tom enters the broadcasting realm, we start to see some of this because I think it does exist, Mia. I think Tom does have a pretty good personality. And And it's just a matter of him having to break out of that Derek Jeter shell. Where everything is so rigid and robot. Derek Jeter
1: is actually that person, though. I think Tom Brady, unfortunately, the Bill Belichick, do your job. Yeah. It, yeah. it just so it 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 was such a fa- not a facade because that sounds negative, but it just was it cast a pall over him. And no, that well, you was, saw his
0: demeanor change when he went to Tampa.
1: Oh, my God. He turned into a deprecating Florida dad. It was amazing. Right. I loved it. Um, right. And I, I think that, and unfortunately, in a weird twist of fate, I think his divorce has even made him even more transparent and raw, um, you know, for better or worse. And I think he's admitted his mortality by saying that he all but continued to play football. It cost him his marriage. And now he's like, well, God, like, look what I'm left with. I'm a broken man. And I love that. Like, I hate it for him, but I love it because that's reality. Like yeah. reality is not this guy who just does his job and is a robot, you know? Right. And that's where I love the two bills documentary. And it gave me such insight into why Bill Belichick is the way he is from his father to his father figure and Bill Parcells. And we will, I'm sure find out in the years to come how much that then was turned around, especially because Tom Brady was Robert Kraft's favorite child and Bill Belichick was cut caught in the middle of that and Mm -hmm. i mean it probably messed up messed him up a good amount too so it's it's
0: pretty surreal that bill belichick outlasted tom brady in the nfl but uh, 76
1: right or 77 now
0: what in terms of
1: years yeah yeah
0: yeah no i know but i'm saying what i'm saying is that he is still in the nfl while tom brady is not that is pretty crazy all things considered This has been Out of Bounds. We are in the books. We'll be back with you next week right here on the Know Your News Network. She's me. I'm John. We'll see you then. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should, too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.